Welcome to Diversity Conversations, where we engage in thought-provoking dialogue to identify leadership solutions to today's most challenging conflicts. Stream live each week, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to 11 a.m., hosted by diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist and CEOs Eric Ellis and Tommy Lewis. Join us and add your voice to this engaging diversity conversation. Good morning, Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, the United States, and the world. My name is Eric Ellis, and I'm pleased to join you again for our weekly installment of Diversity Conversations. I promise you I probably will not be by myself today. Tommy Lewis is uh, in town on assignment, uh, but he's going to be joining us shortly as we talk about uh, a topic, a subject that's really important to us. And I know it's important to you. I thank those of you that continue to uh, join us each week as we dive into the conversations around diversity. This is certainly a topic that's very important uh, in, our, in our communities, in our nation, and around the world. Uh, you know, we start the week by sort of talking about how was our week. And so I had another dynamic week I had a week of proposals, got a lot of things out this week, a lot of writing, uh, a lot of potential work with new clients that we're excited about. Uh, I always enjoy doing that. We got some new things that we're looking at working on around strategic planning with organizations, uh, doing a lot of work around coaching and that kind of thing. Uh, I believe that Tommy Lewis is here and ready. Good morning, Tommy Lewis. How are you, my friend? Hey, good morning, Eric. Good morning. Hey, I know that you started the show. Uh, sorry. A little technical difficulties on my end, but I'm with you. And good morning, my friend. It's, it's so good to see you, man. I'm just delighted to have you back with us. Uh, talk to us about your week, man. I know you were in Jamaica, weren't you? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What's going on? Now, everything Irie. Everything Irie. Eric, it was a blessing. Uh, my wife gave me the hall pass to still away. It was much needed. Uh, I tell you, I was able to, and I, I'm okay with traveling by myself. I've done it. Yeah across the world and uh, was able to get away, grab a little beach, uh, did a little golfing. The golf course uh, was still a little bit something to to desire. Right. right. They had some some areas of improvement. Uh, right. I was out there with my caddy, Megan. And, I saw uh, we, it. I yeah. wanted to beat myself down to Jamaica. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, come on now, Star Trek. Get right. <laughs> Oh, it, it, it was great. It was great. It was a very, very challenging course. A lot of hills definitely needed that caddy. Right. But it was just it was the ups and downs in life. As golf is, it's you know, it's an analogy of life. Um, right. and it was just a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, just enjoying the moment. And that's what I took away from my little vacation. That's good, man. How long were you there? Just about four days. Okay. So, Really, it's a, you know, it's four days, but it's a whole day of traveling, uh, leaving Cincinnati to go to Montego Bay. Uh, that's leaving at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, arriving at noon, and then you got a two-hour commute, and then coming back is even longer because you got to go through uh, Miami Customs, and they can be interesting in and of itself. Uh, so it's a, it's a full day of traveling, just basically three days of vacation, but that's all I needed. Because me and the wife, we're going to take a vacation in the next couple of months anyway. So it's all good. Well, Tommy, I want to commend you on that, man. Uh, so many times we don't read our body well and we just uh, keep grinding. 
And at some point, you do have to recognize that you are coming up on a wall, you know, that says, bruh, I'm about to shut all this down if you don't get some r and If you don't know how to go get it, well, I'm yeah. gonna, I'll shut it down. And yeah. so you got to really read that, man. And I, I'm kind of feeling one of those myself. You know, uh, you and I love what we do. That's the good news. But it doesn't mean that that's still not very challenging. Right. And there's a lot of stress involved with it, man, and just a lot of hustle and energy and and nothing's ever perfect. Uh, there's mm-hmm. always gaps and pieces, man. So you always grabbing stuff, man, making things happen, excited. And once again, you know, just like Toyota, just in time, we got yep. something done. But man, that old that process can work. Bro, that process can And then you come out like, Jada! Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's looking at you. Another perfect landing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the judge would say, 10. And Tommy's landing like, but you know on the inside man but no matter what happens <laughs> and, on, and on the inside man yeah. You broke both knees. Right? Run through the screen. All right. <laughs> oh, can't, wait to, leave, can't wait to leave the mat to see what what damage has been done. That's right. And, right. And Eric, man, you're you're right on because uh I was I was and we both running right somersault, somersault, right, hit the hit the pad, right, dismount and land. Right. And then have to do it all over again. Right. Right. Over and over and over again. So, uh, you know, over time, when you get older in anything, older in your mind, older in your body, older in your spirit, it will start to speak to us. Right. Right. Now, you you stuck that in their eyes, but they don't know that you're going right to the trainer's desk. Right. Right, it's like being on the high beam. It's like being on the high beam. You do yeah. a flip, boop, boop, right down to a split. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you a dude, you didn't hit it. Now you gotta keep going to the next thing, but you know, oh Lord, I told myself, you know, trying to keep a smile on. Oh, no, 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 it's gonna be hard. Oh, routine. So that is what life is. And the good news, Tommy, is that so many many people, man, they don't realize they got to go to trainer's office. You got to go get some rest. You got to recharge your battery, your phone, your life. And I'm just uh, grateful to hear, glad to hear, man, that you had the wisdom to go make that happen. And kudos to your wife. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. And I Look forward to hearing your journeys and then actually looking forward, Eric, you know, putting this on air, man, when we could take a uh, take a golf trip or take. Yeah. A trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, truth be told, the, the the vacation for myself was good. I, I did miss my wife, man. She's she's my buddy. She's my best right. friend. She's my travel partner. Right. Um, my ride or die. And so after about day one of excitement. You know, right. day two, you know, I'm just there and, and I don't indulge in a lot of things that other people do. Right. right? And and right. I'm an adult. I can live vicariously through other people. But 
I can only drink so many Pepsis and Cokes, so many waters. And then, Eric, uh, you and I, we we talk for a living. Right. And so when when I was on vacation, I didn't want to really do a whole bunch of talking. Mm-hmm. Right. I just wanted the people watch and just sit there for about three hours and grab a burger. Right. And people were on vacation, always wanting to talk. Hey, where are you from? What are you doing? Are you down here by yourself? Oh, really? How does that happen? I'm like, get out of my way. Right. Right? And so I would rather, as I told the wife, I would rather uh, my next trip, if I were to do it by myself, if you will, it would be a golf trip. Mm -hmm. I, you know, do, you know, 36 holes in a day, you know, two rounds in two or three days and just go golf, break, golf, dinner, you know, and do that type of deal. So my invitation to you, man, we got to put that on our schedule. Well, let me let me give you something to think about, because there's a couple ways to do that. Now, one way is for just you and I, boom, we hit it. We go we go do that anywhere we want to. Uh, number two, the World Am has this uh, a golf tournament type thing, man. You know, I, I I participated in it years ago when I was really playing all the time. Yeah. But they have every level covered, and you got people from all over the world that come mm-hmm. there, man. And that may be something to consider as well, yeah. Myrtle kind of thing. So we'll talk about that, man, and just see whichever one works best for us. Because sometimes just shooting the breeze and enjoying golf is yeah. the way to go too so you know i'm open to all of that yeah 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 i like what that sounds like this week man was an interesting week i was just talking about right before you came on that i got a couple of proposals out glad to be able to do that one of the things that i did this week tommy uh was i met uh one of our new neighbors okay we built our house on our street 28 years ago and i often talk about this tommy street that I live on is not the neighborhood that I grew up in. Right. Uh, I grew up the, the real neighborhood that I, I grew up in, Forest Park, but before Forest Park was Skyline Acres. That was the real last neighborhood that we had where you knew all the neighbors. Uh, if my parents didn't come home, we'd stay at the neighbor's house. You know, she cooked German chocolate cake, you know, for us all the time. She'd get after me if I was acting up, that type of thing. So that's not how our street has been. Our street has no sidewalks. In many ways, that means don't come to my house for nothing. Yeah. Not an egg, not no butter, nothing. We ain't even got sidewalks. So we have some new neighbors, man, that came to our street and didn't realize those rules. Mm-hmm. And so they sent our thing inviting everybody over the house. And so uh, my wife, we all got to, you know, hey, yeah. do that, you know? So we went over there, man, and had a wonderful time. With our new neighbors, Steve and Kim and their daughter and son, it was just really just quite refreshing, man. We sat around there, uh, my wife and I, Jillian and my youngest, Ethan, and they they were just fascinated by us. We were by them. So we built some uh, new potential friends. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a neat experience, man. They thought we had all the secrets. They said, hey, you guys have been here for 28 years. What are all the secrets? I said, well, this is still a secret. <laughs> yeah, we don't know nobody, bro. <laughs> I mean, we just been here for twenty eight years. I mean, almost three decades, you know. Right. And so, uh, but that was neat. Uh, the other thing that uh, I did this week, Tommy, is I uh, have uh, reached out 
uh, on uh, a guy reached out online who's uh, 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 he's a consultant that works with people to create bestsellers. Mm-hmm. So I've started on my second book uh, right now. It's titled The Diversity Fixer. Uh, and uh, so uh, he wanted to spend some time with me, man. And so we spent some time going through his process. I'm going to recommend him to you, too, Tommy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting that what he talks about is re-engineering the whole process of writing a book. He said that the average person, they start, they sort of write the book. Uh, step number one, write the book. Number two, they try to make it perfect. Number three, then they start, try to you know market it. And then, uh, fourthly, they hope they make money. Mm-hmm. He says that actually his process sort of inverts that, you know, really sort of goes about it, sort of re-engineers the process where he starts with the, the mission and crystallizing the results that you want to achieve from your book. Number two, make sure that you have a profitable path. So he's saying it's got to be about making sure that we're going to make money from what it is we're trying to do. Number three, find a topic your audience has a hunger for. I like that, Tommy, yeah. that, that you and I, we have to figure out who are the audiences that we most want to get after in our business? What is it that they're hungry for? And sort of then write something that speaks to that. Uh, he says, then market the topic of your book. So one of the things, I've got three national speaking engagements coming up this year. And this guy was saying, you know, I was always thinking, oh, man, I wish I had my book, you know, because I'm trying to write a book, you know, of, since this is my 30th year of being in business, you know, 30 years, transforming, 30 transformative insights. And he's saying, well, you don't necessarily need to have your book. You want to actually build up uh, appetite. You want to sort of oh, cult- wow. yeah, cultivate the field, if you will. Get people ready for your book. So, so market the book cover and the topic that you've now garnered from what people are hungry for. And uh, and then he said, gain partners to both help you write that and and then finally sort of to have them help launch the book so that maybe you have between 25, Tommy, and 75 people that are waiting, uh, that are working with you to launch your book. Now, what does that do, Tommy? You and I know automatically that that increases the probability of success. So now we didn't we didn't just write a book and then hold on, what do we do? Okay, I wrote a book. Yep. Now I can show it to everybody. Say, hey, everybody, see my book? I wrote it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them sitting around, bro. A lot of boxes around. <laughs> We try to get away from all the boxes. I, I, I like to have mine up on the shelf so everybody can see them. You know, yeah, see the volume of it. Yeah, the sheer capacity there. So I really enjoyed working with him. And the other thing I've been doing, Tommy, is studying people's sales processes. So uh, we're uh, uh, updating our website, got a consultant working with us around that. Love her sales funnel, her sales process, how streamlined it is. The same thing that I'm valuing about this guy. So I went through his preliminary processes with his people. You know, they were kind of vetting you along the way. And then finally, you pay an amount and then sit down with him. And then he spends an hour or so. And we had a great conversation, man. And I found Trevor uh, Crane to be uh, powerful, valuable. And it took time for him to really understand what I'm doing. He could see, he says, Eric, you know, you're a sharp guy. You could do a lot of this on your own. And uh, yeah, we can. But everything that you and I can do, 
we may not want to do. So I'm going to send you some stuff that he shared with me, man. And uh, it's a value to you. I told him I've been telling other people about him. So I found that uh, very, very helpful, enlightening, useful. Absolutely. I'm excited about that, Eric. Um, you know, as, as you've been promoting the benefits and the need for, for writing books, putting stories down on paper, allowing other people to experience the stories, um, you know, I'm still, you know, struggling along in this process, but I'm, I'm always encouraged by you, Eric, in full transparency that even in my own reservation for whatever it is, or maybe others, uh, I never sense any judgment from you, Good. right? I never do. I never sense you haven't done it yet, right? right? And and I've been asked to write a book for 25 years, literally. I mean, I was doing talks and folks like that. Exactly. But, exactly. And so what I what I do know is that my this process of writing my book, which will happen, this process of learning literally from, from you, some lessons learned, you know, pitfalls that are out there, uh, the, the kind of the paved roads that I should take. I'm doing all that due diligence. Uh, it takes me some time, right? Um, uh, be, because, in in all honesty, my life has been a complete blessing, uh, Eric. I just the things I've done. I don't know how I got there, mm -hmm. right? I have been at tables decision-making tables that I'm at the table looking around like this is an impressive table. Yeah, this is a presentation. That's fine. He's smart. She's smart. Right. And they turn to me and say, what do you think? And I'm like, I think you all are smart. Right. And those are in, that's in my mind. It's not always what I say. I, you know, I try to give some, input, yeah. yeah, but in my mind, I'm like, right. So in writing my story or writing a book based on act academic lessons learned or my life lessons, I need to get there and I want to, I, I like that reverse process of selling from, from moving from that the audience and getting the buy-in, getting that revenue stream from the front end uh, right. all the way down to the title. Right, uh, right. He also said some other things, Tommy, that were of value. He yep. said sometimes uh, sort of writing your own book, uh, digging it out, grunting in the gutter, all of that, that ain't how people write any books. Oh. oh. <laughs> like doing it like that? He said, well, what are you thinking about? You know, <laughs> he said everybody is either interviewing, uh, they're talking into a tape recorder, they got a team of people. No great book has ever been written by one person. Mm. Mm. Eric, come on. on. So that's an insight right there, man. It's almost like graduate school where you in graduate school and you, you're writing your thesis and you're thinking, I'm about to make this the coldest thesis that anybody's ever read. And then somebody that knows us say, bruh. Get out of get out. Get out. Your goal is to get out. Don't make this thesis your best work of your life. Get it right. done. Get it done. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, sir. That's what the book is like. At least the first one. Get it done. Uh, because it's like, uh, if I sit around thinking I'm going to make my greatest book, it paralyzes us sometimes. I can tell you just like what you said, that my book, I promise you, was 20 years. This book right here, 20 years of procrastination. Uh, and saying I was going to do it. And, uh, and, and, then, and then finally one day, so here's a model that I'm gonna share with our audience. I think, I think I've shared it with you and you've, I think you've taught this yourself, the GROW model. So the GROW model I would offer to anybody that's tuned in this morning is a helpful coaching model that basically says that you use GROW as an acronym. Go, what G, what is your goal? Write a book. R, what are the realities? Huh, lots of realities short on time, yeah. doing a lot of other stuff, uh, really, uh, you know, chief bottle washer, cook, cleaner, a sales, you know, CEO, father, a coach. I mean, come on now. Yeah. The reality is that you've got 10 million things going on. Anybody, any normal person would be asking, like, you considering writing a book, where, how, <laughs> you know, when? Right. Right, so, so it didn't shock anybody that you can't squeeze out a whole lot of time, you know, so those are the realities. And then the O says, well, given those realities, what are some options? I was sitting with John Stevenson this last week and John said, Eric, what I did is I had one of my ghostwriters sort of take all my messages and sort of begin to organize those into my book. Mm -hmm. And then they came back behind that. So, okay, let me interview you for the backstory. So, Tommy, you've got teachings for the last, you know, two and a half decades, man. So that's another thing, you know, option. Give this, you know, parcel some of this out to other people so that what I already have, what I've already done and said can be captured by someone else. Uh, you know, so what are the options around? I can work with the Trevor Crane, their group. I can work. There's a lot of other people that do that. Those are options. And then the W in GROW has two things. There's two aspects of the W. What what will I do? What are the steps that I'm going to take to try to now achieve those goals? And the second W is the will to do it. Do I have the will to do it? And I'll tell you, Tommy, that the reality is that for a long time, I had not really, I was hoping to write a book, but I didn't really establish the will to do it. Once I made, so you were at this intersection. Uh, and so once I made the decision to do it, nothing. That's exactly who you are. Yeah. I mean, it, there's nothing that Tommy Lewis puts his mind to that he can't do. It's just yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, that's who you are. You have the willpower to get anything done that you want to get done. And so it's just a matter of making a decision. And then when we make, when we decide, so I remember the day that I decided, I said, I'm going to write the book. And so then what I did, Tommy, is I started working on it every single day. Every morning I got on it. And at first it was a little difficult, but I got on it every morning. I put my first hour into my book. Then I started doing a dictation. So I went to my board in, right next to me in my conference room. I put a spider diagram there. Circle in the middle, seven chapters, put the titles around it from all those chapters, put three bullets around each of those, spider diagrammed it. And then I started going at them. And man, I started speaking while my assistant was really just taking dictation on what I was saying. Tommy, once I got that thing on a roll, man, 
yeah. what I did, then I put it into a format so it looked like a book. Mm. Oh, man, yeah. now it started filling down, baby. Yeah. So I'm saying that uh, I, uh, I have so much confidence in you, and I'm so looking forward to reading your book. I'm so glad that Reggie, uh, Dr. Reggie Crane is with us this morning. Yeah. Reggie. Reggie, you got to give us, we got, we got to bring Reggie on today because hope maybe he's got, I don't even know if he can share, but there's been things happening in his professional life, man, that are really powerful. And uh, man, I've just been blessed by talking to him over the last couple of days. So I know that that's probably something that he's working on as well. Uh, but uh, that's my, my desire. I appreciate you saying that uh, you know, you've not felt any judgment from me, man, because I never, ever want to be that person. I'm the kind of guy that what I've seen, Tommy, I've said this before, that in my life, I've experienced too many people that when they accomplish something, they look to make it bigger. Yeah, I did it. It was hell. I mean, it really was hard. I mean, a lot of research hours, a lot of research hours. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I remember people that got their master's degree. They always made it look like it was so. I mean, like the people that come out the kitchen on the commercials, throw the powder all over their face. Woo, it was hell, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I never wanted to be that person. And so when I went through graduate school, I found it easier than undergraduate. So that's what I told everybody. Yeah. And yeah. writing a book, I now can say that this is the thing that anybody that has an inkling to do it. I encourage them to do it, man, because there are people out there waiting on that. Uh, but none of us need, I didn't need anybody to to try to guilt me into it. Or every time I see him, I got to hide and duck because I haven't done it yet. Well, that had been 20 years of ducking. Right. Because right. I was trying to get it done. But there's just a lot of other priorities. So whenever comes the time that you really say you're going to get that done, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Tommy, what I wanted to talk about to start us off today is our national uh, 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 Scripps Spelling Bee champion, uh, Zayla Avant-Garde, 14-year-old from New Orleans, uh, first uh, African-American to win the, uh, from America to win the uh, National Spelling Bee. What do you think about that, Tom? First of all, uh, her name has a meaning. Right. So she, her, her last name was not originally avant-garde. Right. Her father changed her last name in respect to John Coltrane. Right. So John Coltrane, many of us know, was the legendary jazz musician, thought leader in the space. Uh, he was known for his, you know, the 15 and 20 minute uh, uh, sets, one of which was a love supreme. OK. And one of his albums was about the avant-garde, the leader of leaders. Right. And this young lady at the age of 14 has accomplished something, Eric, that I believe is much more than just being the first. Right. It's much more than just being the first African-American to ever have went, won the Scripps National Spelling Bee. I believe that she is an energy. Mm. Why do I say that? Because wow. she is much more than just an, a person that could work hard, learn words, and spell them. Right. As we'll talk about, she's a 
she's a Guinness Book World Record holder. Three right? times. Three times. Right. She's an extrovert. She loves people. She is a daughter who is revered and honors her parents. Mm -hmm. uh, she is a friend. Uh, she is a life learner. Now, this is this is something I've learned just in the last week. And right. I was enthralled about this new accomplishment. Right. But at the end of the day, with regards to scripts and the national spelling bee, she is the 2021 champion. Right. Right. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's, that's the beginning. So that's what I think. She's all of that. And then some, and with some icing and a cherry on top. Kudos to Zayla, right? Avant-garde and her accomplishment and her family's accomplishment. And her family's accomplishment. I agree with that, man. Just listening to her and all of her enthusiasm. And uh, uh, I hate to come with a little teaspoon of water, but there was a question in my mind. How long are we going to promote this? Uh, yeah. Will this be on six o'clock news every night, all night throughout this week? It'll just be a blip. And then to, in many ways, if we're not careful, we'll just kind of keep moving. And uh, and we have to celebrate these moments and individuals like this that are phenoms. You described, it, I think, as a force. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're right, Tommy. I mean, there's just the things that she's able to do, the things that her mind thinks of doing. So last week, one of the things that we talked about, Tommy, uh, missed you. So glad to have you back. Uh, but we talked about freedom. And I had a chance to have uh, Dan Joyner joined us yeah, on screen. Yeah. Thank you for the week that I was gone. You sort of put it out there that we wanted to have some of our community join us. And so that happened last week. We had Brooke, we had Dan Joyner, and we had Dr. Reggie all on screen, man. It was a powerful conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we talked about freedom, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started by playing that video. Have you seen that video of Freedom by John Baptiste? No. I got to send it to you, man. I played it twice. Okay. And it shut down some of our stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Facebook was like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, but I'll tell you, man, I, my, one of my staff, uh, brought in uh, the week before, uh, brought in this video, said, Eric, I, I looked at this video. She said, I watched it 10 times. John Pat Baptiste, are you familiar with him? I had heard his name, but I wasn't that familiar with him. But he is one of the people that co-wrote uh, the, the soundtrack for the movie Soul. And so he won uh, uh, an Oscar and a Grammy for his contributions there. But this video that he put together, this song, Freedom, the thing I love about it, Tommy, you're, you're going to love this video, man, is from the word go. He says, when I hear a sound, it makes me feel like this. And he just does some crazy move yeah. that says this is what freedom feels like. Yes. And everything he did in that video, man, every note he sung, Every way he danced and walked and did everything was like, I am free. Nobody tells me what to do. They don't tell me how to do it. I'm living my life the way I was uniquely built to live it. And it just looked beautiful, man. And that's what you and I uh, seek to do. That's what we're seeing in this young woman mm. is a power 
a freedom that says that today I'm going to seek <laughs> I'm still back to the landing that you had talked about. That's funny. <laughs> but she's sticking landings though, man. That's what she is. She's sticking landings and she's walking in her authentic self. And she reminds me of a word that my daughter, so I, I you know, I started golfing. I used to teach against golf. Then when I learned how to play golf, I didn't know it was like crack. You know, we talk about that. Yeah. I was like 16 years of just every day golfing. And so I took my daughter out there with me all the time from the time she was born almost. And so I'll never forget, man, she was 11 years old. She looked at some older white guys uh, hitting the ball. She said, Daddy, I think I can hit the ball further than them. Mm -hmm. And that's what she proceeded to do. Smack yeah. that ball out there 200 yards. And so that's what happens when that mind is free, is that you look at the world and some things look easy for you. That's how, how it's looking for uh, our sister here right now. Life is looking kind of easy. I mean, when you saw the way that she was dribbling them balls, man, yep. I mean, three Guinness Book World Records, you know, for bouncing balls, a number of balls, I think six basketballs at yep. the same time, you know, and just a phenom. And uh, she says that she uh, has four options, uh, Tommy, of things that she wants to do. Number one, yes. she wants to go to Harvard, play basketball at Harvard. Uh, and then she might want to go on to the uh, WNBA uh, or play overseas. But she said there's four things that she's considering doing. Uh, being an NBA coach. I had to go back and listen to that a couple of times. She didn't say WNBA coach. Yep. She said being a coach in the NBA. Then she said treating, uh, working for NASA. It's something yep. that she might consider uh, treating diseases through neuroscience. Uh, and then uh, maybe she said she just got curious about uh, genome editing, uh, gene editing based upon watching the two women uh, who won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize uh, in chemistry in 2020. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, let's see, Charpentier and Jennifer uh, Doudna both yeah. won the Nobel Peace Prizes in chemistry for the work that they're doing around genes that are helping us to look at how do we split, how do we sort of create a scissor to split DNA mm -hmm. so that you can literally deal with uh, cancer, healing yeah. uh, forms of cancer and other sort of inherited uh, you know, gene genetic uh, diseases. So it's just powerful, man, to see a young sister who is thinking like that Tommy, how important is it for us to pause and to give uh, honor to what this young sister is about? Because I think that if we're not careful, all the negative messaging can make us sort of be discouraged about who we are and who's coming behind us. I, I think it's very, very important to our holistic mental wellness, Eric. Unfortunately, we, uh, in, in our media, whatever that media is, we like to push negativity. Yeah. And sometimes that negativity becomes attractive. Sometimes it builds, uh, it, it generates some other emotional responses that I need more, I need more, I need more negativity because it's not necessarily happening to me, but I see other people being affected by negativity. And because of the uh, uh, sometimes superiority or even privilege. It's look at those poor people. That's what's being promoted. 
in this instance, this is a young human being who uh, has accomplished something that I think a lot of people didn't even imagine. Right. Right. So over the last several decades, the spelling bee has been changing demographically. And so it began, you know, so many years ago. 1925, uh, I believe. Yes. Yep. In, in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. right? And then and then uh, went up to the national level. Right. And so at that time, it was mostly Caucasian or white boys and girls. Right. Last couple of decades, our Asian or Indian colleagues mm -hmm. started coming come in. Right. And these are people that spoke English as a second language. Right. And their rigor, their discipline to understand language had them become success. So now we have an African-American who there weren't there weren't many African-Americans competing. Right. Now This African-American has won. So not only is it a first as far as race or ethnicity, but it, it's also an inspiration, Eric. It's the inspiration of human grit, right? Determination, commitment, discipline, all of those things that I think we should give attention to it today more than a five minute commercial, more than a blink, right? On the radar, but really study this, mm. right? To study it. Uh, for those who have doubts about the intellectual prowess of certain generations or certain ethnic groups or certain races, this is is a debunking mm. of that myth. Right. Right. Debunking of that myth. And so but, let me let me pause for just a second, Eric. As you were talking earlier, and I have it written down right here. See if I can pull it. As you were talking earlier about writing a book, mm. what came to my mind, the title of my book is Diversity, The Big Lie. Okay? Ooh. And and I'm motivated by saying this based on what we're talking about with Miss mm. Avant-Garde. Wow. Diversity, The Big Lie. Why is it titled that? I think that's intriguing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. People... People who believe this is a lie, let me read this because I know it's a lie. Right. And people who don't believe it's a lie, they may say, what? Right? And here's how I'm going to begin this book. Okay. Come All on. Right. Come on. The book is entitled Diversity, the Big Lie. Uh, I'm a baseball player. Mm. I know how to hit curveballs. Whatever you thought this book was about, it's a curveball. I believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I believe it is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The right. question, is, question is, can you handle the truth? The truth of the matter, Eric, is that this young lady is the champion mm. of the Scripps National Spelling Bee, a goal that people across the world have been trying to achieve. She's right. achieved it. Right. The truth is that diversity of thought is part of diversity. Mm. The truth is that diversity of race, religion, 
political views, community uh, communications, social economic status, all of that is the truth. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's not a lie. It is the truth. Mm. It is our future. So this young lady is part of our future. That's what's coming into my energy, my spirit today. I didn't write this down earlier. Right. Right. Put it back. That's what I was going to ask you to do. Diversity, the big lie. Ladies and gentlemen, you saw it right here. Uh, 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 Published first. Announced first. Right here on Diversity Conversations. And I'll tell you, that's what Trevor Crane says you got to do. Yep. He says that you got to whet an appetite uh, in the world around what it is you're going to. So you actually create an appetite, an anticipation, a desire to read the rest of that. Yep. I mean, right now, just the things that you said right there, we are waiting. We're, we're sitting in anticipation to get that because you said, be careful that you don't buy in to the lies. Because when you do, you miss this young woman. Yep. Oh, I love this about her father didn't know who she was. Right. Right. She was sitting around uh, spelling words that were that were that were spelling bees in the past that they were that they were getting ass. She spelled it before them. Yep. Her daddy was like, "What? What?" So yeah. let me go back to the net last year and see if you can spell those words. What? He didn't even know who he had. Tommy, how much is that like it within organizations that they don't even know who they have? Eric, so organizations have used this concept or philosophy called talent management. Yeah. Uh, That's a nice couple of words. Talent, right? We know what the talent is, the workforce, the employees, leadership, talent, and management, right? So I think that's a a misnomer because I don't know, and there's a lot of research out there Mm. that talks about people who leave organizations and then blow up. Their dreams come true. They, They invent things. They create incredible solutions that their companies then leverage based on, you know, their influence and they provide service. You can go back to anything, any company, these major companies who owners have started the business in the basements and garages of their parents' homes. Those people worked for a company and that company did not know who they had. Right. And that person was going back into the basement, into the laboratory, into the garage, cooking up a solution, technology, an idea. Right. Even to the point of in 2020, you have the, these two chemists who win the Nobel Peace Prize about splitting DNA. Right. And what does that look like from a, a cultural perspective? Right. If we as African-Americans in particular can solve the, the disease of sickle cell anemia. Right. That is a, that is becoming more and more known as a genetic disorder. Right. African-Americans are contracting sickle cell more than any other ethnic group. If we, in this case, two female chemists, we can look at that talent Mm -hmm. and expose it. Right. Such that those two, those two women 
when they were in elementary school or middle school or high school or maybe even college, that they were not oppressed. They were not demeaned, Eric. They were not shunned for being who they were. That later on, they would become Nobel Peace Prize winners. Right. I will tell you, and we all know, in organizations, Eric, there are geniuses right. who are waiting to connect their passion to their job and skills. Right. Right. And I was one of them. Right. I was one of them, Eric, and not to toot my own horn, but I was in. All right. Do it. Do it. This is the place. I was in organizations working day in and day out saying, I can do this on my own. Right. Right. I mean, they pay me a nice salary. I know I'm making a lot of money for the business. Right. But they don't know who they have. I'm right. holding myself back. Right. Right. I'm not sharing a lot in the in, in the meetings. Right. Because I don't want to seem kind of out of the box. Right. Right. And I'm like, you you all can't see. Right. You're just wasting resources, wasting resources. So I think with the parent, her father, raising his child, seeing his child through his eyes. And that's what we do until we become wise parents, Eric. We see our children or we see other people through our own lens. Mm. We don't always see them for who and what they are. Right. And in this case, managing talent. We saw our, our our child. I didn't know that you were that person. And let me invest in tutoring. Let me invest in time. Let me invest in now. Right. Yeah, Daddy, I do like basketball as well. Right. I, I, you know, I do like volleyball. I do right. like hanging out with my friends or reading. I do like debate. Man, who are you? I'm every woman, Daddy. That's who I am. Mm. Sound familiar, Dad? I love that. So, Brooke, if you if you can hear us, I know you probably work on some other things, but if you can find a picture of uh, Zillia uh, uh, and and uh, uh, screenshot that, I want us to be able to bring that up so that people can look at this picture of a young girl who is very unassuming yeah. and in many ways very typical, ordinary, even average. Even average to the eye, yeah. But see, you can't judge a book by its cover, and uh, and that's what's happening is that we're looking at people qualified, qualified, disqualified, 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 just writing people off. What we've just been talking about here, Tommy, we've suggested that you don't have to be a major bigot to miss her. You can actually even be a parent and her be right in your house mm. for 12 years and you not even know who your own child is. Mm. So if we're missing it right, un we birthed it yeah. right on our own nose. All we might see is a unique kid, different, some ways nerdy, other ways strange, maybe. Uh, not socially fitting uh, easily, or she is, but
but still we're not seeing the full picture that literally in my house is the person with the cure for cancer. <laughs> mm -hmm. In my house is the person that can get us on Mars. Wow. And see what happens, Tommy, is that once again, in the name of diversity, the big lie, we are missing the people that can help us get to our greatest objectives. Yep. Literally, if my child or if my parent is dying from cancer and this diverse young woman is the one with the carrier, she's the carrier of Come the on, cancer uh, to my happiness, to my joy, that person right there, would I ignore them if I knew that? Mm. And so what you're saying, thank you for that. So there she is, braces and all. Braces off. Yeah, looks like. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, African American young woman? Uh, she did a little twirl right there on the stage after she won it. They asked her to do the twirl on Good Morning America. She was like, "Hold on now." Yes. <laughs> I'll just be doing twirls and stuff. What? <laughs> what? What? I I'm here to talk as a champion. I ain't here to entertain y'all with twirling, you know. <laughs> But I just love this. Uh, she is so beautiful in her ordinariness. Because I want to say that all of us have to get in touch with our ordinary. Yes. Because, Tommy, that's part of what you spoke of. Is that oftentimes we all feel that way. We feel simply ordinary. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what happens is ordinary then often gets passed over. And so we've had that experience of being passed over. And then inside your mind, you're saying, well, they're trying to make me feel ordinary, but I don't feel ordinary other than I feel more ordinary because you keep passing me by. And so that's what ties that the conversation from last week into this week is that when I saw John Baptiste doing his song about freedom, he broke out of the shell of ordinary. And I want all of my kids to see that video. Uh, Tommy, I watched it several times with no sound. Mm. Just so I could see what this brother was doing. Mm. And I said to myself, there's only one way to get to that move right there. Yeah. You don't care. You don't care. What other people think. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> don't care. You have gotten to your genius because you no longer care what other people think about what you know to be true. And what you want to give to the world is your complete joy. I was talking, I'm so glad that Terry Cooley joined us this morning. Uh, I Terry was talking to an a, a, a inadvertent bill collector that called him up. Uh, trying to collect a bill that had already been paid, but he had a new angle, a religious angle. Oh. So he's going to guilt him using the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so Terry uh, sort of decided that he was going to speak Bible back to him. He said, man, this is such an, this is the most inspirational call I've ever gotten. He said, I, I think in my whole life, 
This is the most inspirational call. And he went back and talked about what the Bible says about judge not thy neighbor and all these other things, man. And you know what I said? I said, Terry, he did, that guy didn't know what to do with that, Tommy. Because Terry was using the genius of his freedom to say, hey, let's talk. He said, I hope you call me up each day this week. <laughs> the guy didn't know what to do with that. He finally had to scamper off yep. because his strategy that he thought he had cornered the market on met Terry Cooley's freedom. To speak back in only the ways that his mind can work. Yeah. And Tommy, that's what we, you and I have to do. I don't want to become the best Tommy Lewis I can be. I want to become the best Eric Ellis I can be. Right. I don't want Tommy Lewis to become the best Eric Ellis. I want Tommy Lewis to be, become the best Tommy Lewis. Yeah. And yeah. Dr. Reggie Crane has said the same thing. He said, Eric, as I've been interacting with you brothers, he says, I'm starting to see what it looks like when people begin to come out of their shells, yes, like butterflies that have cast off the shadow of being a moth, and now they've spread their beautiful wings and said, you know what? I'm beautiful. Yeah. Tommy, we've got to know, learn that first and know that first. But isn't that what you and I are trying to pitch to organizations? Isn't that it in a nutshell? That's what that, we're that, trying to pitch to them. Eric, that's, that's it in a nutshell. That That is it. We as humans, we're only here for a, a, a finite time, right? A finite time. And it's, it's not a lot of time, to be honest, right. when you look at the bigger scheme. Right. So we, we are coming in and saying, you know, was your organization here before you? In many cases, yes. Right. Uh, will your organization be here after you? In some cases, yes. Right. right? Uh, and I say in some cases, Eric, because. With last year in the global pandemic, we learned that people run businesses, people purchase the services and products that are developed by businesses, yep. and people make decisions based on what they will and will not do. Right. So what does that mean? That if I'm a person in a business and I think that I'm bigger than the business mm. and I don't really consider the internal customers, my employees or the external customers when they go away because they're socially distanced and can't come into the office. And then they find out that we could have done this years ago. Right. And I'm right. not coming back or if, if external customers, clients, stakeholders say, what are you doing new? Right now that we're in this new time, the global right. pandemic has us right. exposed. Right. Right. Are you able to provide your service, your product differently? And if the answer is no, then those people move away. It's the people, Eric. Right. People. And we talk about all the time how our business pivoted. Right. And then really, really profited. Right. Right. The the right. right. There's some restaurants who were able to pivot right and say we you know before we were only able to provide food to people if they came into the restaurant right and this this other stuff like grubhub and and, and uber eats and all that other stuff yeah they're expensive but we won't ever need them right 
all of a sudden, oh, I need to make a decision to use those resources, those platforms, those means, because I need them. The question is, the companies that we're trying to do, Eric, all the time, right? How how much do you need the talent? Mm. Not just not just employees. I'm talking about talent, right, Eric? That's what, what we're trying to do. do, right? And what are you willing to do to get access to it? Yep. Tommy, let's go to our uh, our community. They've been active today, so let's yes, go sir. to our community and see what they're saying to us and maybe what they're asking. So here's the first one. Uh, Dr. Reggie says, great story about uh, see things that uh, Covey has to see, do, get model. How we see the world influences what we do and how we do it. And uh, what we do and how we do is ex extricably linked to the results we achieve. Atomic reaction to that. Thank you, Dr. Reggie. I think that's spot on, spot on. So Covey has a, a see, do, get model. So if, if you can see, either visibly see someone else or something else achieving, you can, right? It's not an anomaly at all. Right. If someone else is achieving it, you can. Right. If you can visualize in your mind, if you can see this in your mind, you can. Right. But to do to, to get it, you have to do. Right. Right. So mm. now that's the action. Mm. That's the action. I, I, I can see my book, right? And right. Dr. Payne, you can see your book, right? Eric, you can see your second book. That's all good. That's it. Now you got to do. Right. 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 Once you start to do, and Eric, you spoke about this earlier. Once you start to do, you mm. create those habits. And Covey always talks about those habits, right? You create those habits. And those positive habits will result in the getting. Right. Right. And sometimes, Eric, it's what we think we should be achieving is not always what we get. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, I'm working hard so I can make a million dollars a year. Right. Right. And that my my bank account shows that my 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 return when I file file my IRA RS filings it says a million dollars, and then there's other folks that say I do everything I want to do financially, and I don't spend any of my own money. Two different things, right? I got a right. million dollars I can spend cash, mm -hmm. or I'm spending two million dollars worth of stuff, but it's not my own money. Right. Right. So when I see people being wealthy or rich and I do certain things, sometimes getting that million dollars is different than actually achieving the success of wealth. Right. Or achieving the accomplishment of success. Right. Right. Four or five children. Right. Or in some cases, no, not one biological child of my own, but a father to many, a community. Right. Makes right. sense. Right. So I think and I may have gone in a different direction. It's all right. No, man. Uh -uh. But, but, but I, I, will, I will agree with this great, a great story about, about we see things, right? Covey has the see, do, and get model is how we see the world.
Thank you for uh, uh, further clarifying that too, Tommy. And I'll say that one of the techniques that can be used to bring down unconscious bias is by putting up pictures of talented, successful people who are diverse. In other words, as we see it, it begins to affect our brain and it even begins to affect our unconscious thinking, reducing those biases. So thanks again, Dr. Reggie, for uh, the see, do, get, because that's a part of what we have to do. We have to see the talent. We have to allow people to do things and then we can get the benefit from it. Yeah. What we're saying to organizations, see the talent, uh, allow people to do things and then get the benefits that come from that. That's what's happened for us since time has begun. Whether you look at any sports, professional sports that started all white and then went diverse, what? They saw something. They allowed people to do some things and then they got something as a result of that. Let's continue. Let, let me give a quick shout out real quick. Yeah. Uh, to your point. And, you, and then we'll bring that back up. Yeah. So some of you see this logo on my show, shirt. Uh, this is the logo, right? That is, it's, it's a logo for an organization, a nonprofit organization I created called the Illuminate Leadership Institute. And the Illuminate Leadership Institute was a brainchild of my own and a few others uh, to say there's a gap between the seventh and eighth graders as they're transitioning from the sixth grade, K through six, you can have after school programs, you have summer uh, camps and things like that. And then in Ohio in particular, uh, a youth cannot be, I, I would like to say, legally gainfully employed until they're 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So that's basically ninth grade, sometimes 10th grade for some that, that are ahead of the curve. And so there was a gap between those seventh and eighth graders who had aged out of summer camps mm -hmm. and not old enough to work. OK, so we created the Illuminate Leadership Institute. And I had a very talented young lady on my team who had, I had hired when she was 14 years old through a summer youth employment program, Miss Yalia Oglesby. And Yalia had worked for me from all through high school. Uh, she worked through, with me through college and then about three or four years after college. Mm -hmm. uh, she's transitioned from my company. She started her own firm. I'm going to publicly announce and share, as I've shared with her, right, that I saw the talent in her, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very sad that the, the transition didn't go as smoothly as I would have expected. Right, right. right? Uh, I don't know for what reason, uh, but I'll tell you right now, I'm an adult. And, and I, I still run my business and she runs hers, uh, but it went it went a different way. And and if I have offended or hurt Yalia, I am sincerely sorry. And I apologize. Honorable Tommy. Uh, forgive me for what I did not know. Mm. Right. I, I loved Yalia and many of my other workers in the in the past. And to the point that I'm, I'm I was always saying do bigger and better than make it plain. Start your own thing. Create your own path, right? Uh, God willing, we'll be here. Uh, but I wanted to just pause to say, yeah. I saw the talent. 
Mm -hmm. I allow the talent to do what they do. And part of it is not only this logo, but the Illuminate Leadership Institute website content, the videos. That was all Yalea Oglesby. Right. Right. And then I, I decided, well, with that, I got what I received. I got a stellar pro product. I got a opportunity to sell a, a product that will help young people and, and folks like uh, uh, Eric Ellis and, and Kendall Wright have, have donated to not, not just the Illuminate Leadership Institute or its conference, but the young people that it will go to. 100% of the donation is going to the young people, right? 100%. So I did want to give a shout out. Tommy, uh, I appreciate that. You do that uh, like nobody else I know, Tommy. And I want to uh, uh, sort of uh, give kudos to you for continuously uh, being willing to be both transparent and vulnerable. And I'll tell you this, that uh, the problem is not that uh, you're the only one that has challenges. Right, right. The problem is that most people never share them. Come on, man. <laughs> most people never share them. And so we could then stand back and say, oh, my. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you believe what Tommy said? <laughs> well, you got 10 more stories like that this week. <laughs> That's just the truth, Tommy. Yep. And I, I just, I, I'm so grateful of your willingness to stand up and own things that you may have had a portion of it. And, mm -hmm. and you even sometimes will take even beyond your portion mm -hmm. to say, let me be the bigger person to acknowledge this. Everything inside of me screams honor, honor, honor. Mm -hmm. What honor looks like. It looks like telling the truth and trying to right whatever wrongs may have mm. occurred. Uh, and being willing to do that publicly, man, mm. uh, that's a role model for the rest of us. Saw something in her, allowed her to do some things. You got some benefits, mm. but now today she's got her own business. Yes. And you are blessing that. And I'm just, I'm grateful about that, man. This is the kind of thing that we need to be able to continuously be able to do. Uh, you even recognized, uh, Tommy, that sometimes we hold on a little longer. Yeah. Uh, all of us do that, man. Uh, mm. You're not baked yet. Hold on. This, 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 let's finish out what we, the race that we're running. And, and I need you. And, all yeah. the, and they said, no, no. I saw. We did. I got to go get it now. You know? And that's that's a beautiful thing. Let's see what uh, Dr. Reggie has come back to us with. Uh, I got to pull an Eric Ellis here. Uh, you've gotten to your genius uh, when you don't care about what other people think about what you know to be true. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, and, and I'll tell you that I would say that with all humility and with the caveat that says that uh, I'm willing to say I'm wrong. Mm. So I have to live life to the best of my ability. Tommy, I'm never trying to live it in pride and arrogance. 
but I am trying to live it in confidence because part of the reason why we need confidence, Tommy, is because there's a nasty world out there, man. Yes, sir. There's a world out there that's ready to knock your block off. Yep. There's a world out there that's ready to take you down and to tell you perpetually that you're nothing. So that's part of the spirit of what's in the world. Now, there's a lot of people that love us. That's what God showed me one day. One day when I was having a pity party, you know, uh, a decade ago, yeah. thinking that, woe is me, everybody's down. God said, whoa, what are we doing? <laughs> God said, Eric, there's far more people that love you than don't like you. So let's mm -hmm. don't get there. Don't let nobody tell you that. But Tommy, uh, you know, so, so we have to come to the world with a degree of confidence that says that I'm not asking every one of you who I am. And I'm not seeking every one of y'all to validate that because many of you may not have that as a part of your agenda. So I've got to come to each day with enough confidence to give my best effort and to not be second guessing everything I do. Yeah. But in the midst of that, if I blow it, so be it sometimes, you know, and I'll apologize mm -hmm. as you did this morning. I'll clean it up. And I'll try to turn and go a different way. I love yep, that. And move on. Yeah. And uh, so we see that uh, that Terry's with us. Uh, Tamara, my cousin, is with us. So glad to have so many people that have joined us today, Tommy. This is a powerful conversation, Tommy. How important is it for us? In in sports, they talk about keep your head on the swivel. Yeah. And uh, and and so what that means is that. You never know when somebody's coming. So if it's in basketball, you have to be ready to, you know, let it go. If you're, if you're handling the ball, keep your head on the swivel. You got to know where the people are. Yeah. In football, if you don't keep your head on the swivel, what happens? Get it knocked off. <laughs> Get your head knocked off. Right. So, Tommy, how does that relate to this conversation that we're having right now, both about freedom and about sort of trying to bring your full self to the world and then being open to what else other talents exist in the world. So from a from a freedom perspective, keeping your head on a swivel, in my mind, is when, when you are looking for opportunities to exemplify your freedom. Ooh. Because if we're narrow-minded and we're, we have our neck in a brace, Eric, Mm. We may be moving forward, right? But we may not be free, right? To see other opportunities, right? Right. Again, we may be moving forward, right? But we may not see that we have other opportunities to be free. <sighs> we can take a look at that from a number of different aspects. Let's take Ooh. take one real quick, right? Um, the right to vote, mm -hmm. Eric. Mm. The right to vote. Many years ago, we passed a, a, a voter's right for everyone. Right. And some people say, oh, great. Let me put on my neck brace. We have this bill. We're moving forward. Everyone has the right to vote, mm -hmm. regardless of their race, creed, nationality, etc." But I didn't read the fine print. The fine print said that that, that right will be has expiration dates. And it right. has to be renewed. Right. And people are cooking up other stuff against it. Yep. Yep. So if I don't have my head on a swivel, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to get blindsided because I'm just 
I'm just walking along. We, we all have it, right? We did it. Yep, yep. So I'm not necessarily free. No. I have a pacifier, right? I have a road that has been paid for me that I'm following. There are not only are there forks in the road, Eric, freedom is when you create your own path. You create your own path. That's why your head has to be on the swivel. Right. Let me get in on this, Tommy. Let me get yep. in on this. Don't lose any of your thinking, but let me jump in on it. Head on the swivel, freedom. When we are in corporations, too often we get in there and we put our head in a brace again, Tommy. And then we say, I'm here. I'm trying to make it. Does anybody see me? It's discrimination everywhere. It is. It's black people everywhere. Hold up. You know, get your head out the brace. Get out the neck brace. What is you doing? You got to be able to keep developing yourself. You got to see every day as opportunity to learn, to grow, to get better, to get more knowledgeable. Because guess what? I have the freedom that if you can't see me, then I can see other opportunities. Yes. Either here or somewhere else. So I'm not sitting back. Discrimination. Discrimination. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. Head on the swivel. Free. I can see other things. If you can't see me, guess what? In a minute, you won't have to worry about that. You won't see me. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere else. See, that's it, Tommy. That's what you said. <laughs> Tommy said, get your head out the neck break. <laughs> That's a big part of our problem, Tommy, is that we feel so trapped. And I'm saying that at every level, I want to overpower today the limitations of bias. Yes. And I want to scream as loudly as I can that you must retain your freedom and your power to keep finding other ways to make it. You don't have any other choices. Eric, Eric, look. Now, if racism, oppression, <laughs> uh, discrimination, right. bias, right. those are neck braces. That's what they are. And someone, or even ourselves, we put that neck brace on. So I have the proverbial racist neck brace on. Right. And I don't even know because I'm just going down my path of privilege. Mm. Right? My path of privilege. But I have that brace on. That's right. Other people may see, you, you know you got a brace on. Right. Right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going down the path of privilege. Mm. You know you have a brace on, kind of that racist brace. Right. At that point, if we are introspective, Mm -hmm. Right. I may need some assistance. Right. So that I, too, can be free when otherwise I did not know I was. Right. So there are other communities, Eric, who believe they are free, mm. but then they are shackled and cuffed and braced with racism or bias or prejudice or discrimination right. when right. it comes up right we need other communities other people other conversations let me let me loosen that up for you right 
And here's what it looks like. Uh, yep. Somebody loosened it up. Hold up, Tommy. Yep. Oh, uh, Jack, is that Jackie Robinson? Yep. Over there? Uh, 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 yep. Well, maybe, maybe we can get him over here. Right. So you lose, you loosen the brace up a little bit. You saw Jackie Robinson. You saw him. Change the game. Change the game. Change, Change the game. Your wealth. I love the what the, the parallel, Tommy. You said the neck brace is not just on the oppressed. No. Also on the oppressor. Yes. And it limits all to what you can see and what you can accomplish is huge. Huge, huge, huge in that analogy. Be free. So now everyone is free, mm. especially if you believe that, you know, we, we have one race, the human race, right? There's some people that believe that, you know, and other people say, well, I have my own identity, right? We're all humans. That's a given. But everyone has these braces. Mm. Eric, everyone does. And so our effort today, yesteryear and tomorrow is to have these conversations that we can release the braces on our neck that's binding us and get our head on a swivel to see, I need to engage with that new opportunity, that new person, that new community, or what I'm, what I'm sitting in right now, whatever it is, it can be opulence, right? Maybe I need to go to minimalization, right? Because my 12-bedroom, 18-bath house is beautiful, but I'm only spending time in three rooms. The kitchen, the bedroom, and the john, right? Right. All that space is a brace. Right. Right? Uh, yeah, Eric, man, this, this conversation has turned into, as it always does, something incredibly inspirational to me. Right. And I would say, Tommy, that now that we are here, so we'll full circle back to Zayla. Yep. So what we're seeing in this powerful young Scripps National Spelling Bee champion is a person who has taken off her brace. And she's literally, <laughs> she got balls in the hand. She is swivel, on a swivel, swagger. Yep. <laughs> Creating new lanes. Yep. Seeing things at new levels. Speaking about things that in the past somebody would say, little black poor girl, you don't have the freedom to think like that. And her brain says, you can't tell me what not to think of. And she's literally looking at the whole world. And some people would describe that as being unfocused. Yeah. Uh, that you're looking at 10,000 different things that you could possibly do. And what we're seeing is somebody that's free. And I think that our job becomes, Tommy, uh, is to try to, for ourselves and for everybody around us, to help set people free, to help get ourselves and others around us out of these braces so we can see the full complement of what exists in the world around us. Right now, we're being locked into braces, 
by the media. We, we're being locked into braces by an agenda that's not about us. It's somebody yeah. else's agenda. No. And it's only their limited agenda because they've got themselves locked in a brace as well. They figured the only way that I can make money easily and consistently is to shell out negative news. But if they really got their head out of that brace, their neck out of that brace, they might be able to talk to others like you, me and others who could say there are other ways to do this. Yeah. And if they could see those, they would probably adopt those. And if they would adopt those, then it would help us as a nation to not be so locked up in fighting each other because somebody else is, is trapped in that brace. And that's the only way they think that they can make money is if we're fighting. Tommy, I think we've gotten onto something here that's been inspired by this young champion and her showing us all of who she is because everybody will try to trap her. They're, they're, they're the elite in our community that would say, don't talk about her basketball. Right. Let's just stay focused on the spelling bee. We know that we can be good athletes. She's saying the same genius runs through it all. She is saying... I'm that too. That's on her shirt. Brandon, I'm going to give that to her. I'm that too. You're spelling bee champ. I am. But you play basketball. I'm that too. I'm a right. But you're, are you a student? I'm that too. Mm. Right? That's what we are. I'm that too. <laughs> Did you see what Terry said here? He said, if you took away the neck brace, people wouldn't have nothing to talk about. No. <laughs> I love that, Tommy. I'm that too. What a what a statement, man. And 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 isn't that what we're trying to discover about ourselves and others around us? Is what that I am that too is about. Love that. Let's see what uh, Reggie Crane is. Eric, would you also say that maybe? Just maybe others have examined their braces with respect to uh, Zayella. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And sorry to jump in there, Eric. No. I got to energize. No, absolutely. The the myths that the, the brace of myth mm. was literally blown up. Right? right. What I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing. <laughs> With the spelling bee, Eric, I'm not hearing uh, uh, the spelling bee in 2021 was red. I'm not hearing someone must have cheated. Mm. I'm not hearing that. Well, she 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 got assistance because the other person didn't do as well. Right. I'm not hearing that. Mm -mm. I'm hearing that the the brace is now being examined that if I had some negative bias, some stereotype or stereotype threat, some anything, I have to free myself and look at her and say, what? I'm a grown person. Uh, what, what am I doing judging this little girl who's 14? She did the damn thing. It's allowing us, maybe, just maybe, mm. allowing us to examine our own braces with respect to 
Zayela and her own accomplishments. Well said, both brother Terrence T and right. brother Legend. Yeah, right, right, right. If you took away the brace, something <laughs> wouldn't have anything to talk about. Nothing so, to talk about. So we've got to we got to be removing braces from our necks and the necks of others. Uh, you and I, we watched her carrying her trophy, half her height on the side. I'd like to pick up her and her trophy and carry them around on my shelf. <laughs> because she, in many ways, is a trophy for the world to see. Here's what this person has done in the midst of overwhelming stereotypes that, uh, uh, Brooke, if you can't bring her back one more time, let's just see if we can't look yeah, at it. Yeah, bring her back because I wanted to make a quick comment too. And I want to invite folks to revisit the video on YouTube or any other medium. Right, right. Brooke's baby tied yep. into doing her thing right now. So, okay. we so let, let me just share real quick. I'm sorry, I got a little siren in the background here. That's going to make us go viral. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here we go. If you watch her, her, uh, her winning when she, when she won by spelling the, the word correctly, uh, here's a couple of things I saw. I saw guttural elation, juvenile essence. She won. It wasn't in spite of anyone. She got it right. She realized that she was the champion. Mm -hmm. And in that energy, she were, she was doing a couple of things like smiling, laughing, right? Some tears of joy. She did a twirl or two. All of those are just, that's just energy. She was then, here we go. She was then awarded the trophy, Eric. Watch this again. Mm. He grabbed the trophy. She had it to her side. She brought it above her head. And the, the person, the adult that was on stage with her that was giving her the trophy, you can see that he got nervous. There were one or two times that when she held the, the trophy above her head, he took a little step forward thinking that she was going to drop the trophy. Right. Take a look at it again. Wow. Wow. A little nuance. Right. Because people have dropped trophies before and broke crystal trophies and and Super Bowl trophies and things like that. Right. Uh, uh, Stanley Cup trophies. They've fallen right. off. Right. She had a firm grip on that trophy. She was young, right. but she wasn't silly. That transfers over to her interviews with people. When they say, why don't you do the twirl? Right. No, I'm, I'm listening. Right. Right. I'm doing something else now. I ain't, yeah. I ain't here to perform for you. I'm not. So I have the trophy above my head, which is nice trophy as handles. Right. It has some weight to it, but I got it. Just like I got, I had that word. Right. Just like I had the six basketballs that made me get into the Guinness Book of World Records. Right. I have my idea. I have my identity. I have my freedom. Right. I'm that too. Right. You know what else, Tommy? I like this about her because it takes us back to you saying some things even about yourself. She is saying 
in many ways. She doesn't want to insult the world. She's not trying to come off as arrogant. But she almost said that wasn't that hard. Yep. <laughs> she almost said, you know, I haven't been tested yet. Yep. Come on. In other words, you think that was something? I, she said, I, I just been working on it over the last two years. I heard some of my competitors have been working on spelling bees since they were five. Yeah. Hmm. So in other words, that's what you and I see all the time, Tommy. We go into organizations and when the stereotypes have you dumb things down on people, you come to me with a little bar like that and say, can you jump over that bar? And we look down at that bar like that one. <laughs> yeah, that one right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so that's what she's saying. And I tell you, the, the brilliant part about that, Tommy, is that's what we're saying to organizations, that there are people, there's talents within there. We're saying that to communities. Yep. Uh, you know what? The other, I'm going to give one last thought, Tommy. I know we're at the end of our show. But you know a fear that rushed over me? What if she got killed in a drive-by shooting? Yeah. What a loss that would be. Mm -hmm. And then my mind went right immediately to those losses are happening every day. Yeah. It's that little young people are getting yeah. shot and killed on an everyday basis. And some of them are the Zaylas of yeah. the world who have answers that we need. We have to become more desperate about making sure that we secure the future of our young people, which is ultimately our own future. Uh, Tommy, this has been a powerful conversation today, man. So glad that we uh, started off with her and we're able to stay the course with that. We want to thank the community for weighing in for so much input. Whenever you all weigh in, it makes things better. Tommy, any final words before we sign off? And then I will want to say to our uh, community that I think Tommy and I are going to take a summer break so that we can come back in the fall recharged and energized. And, and, and we need to do that. Uh, recharged, energized. And what I would like to say to the community is always thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, from the West Coast, out west where it's best, to, the, uh, to the, our armed services, uh, to the East Coast, Midwest and South, and across the world. Thank you. I also want to thank, thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you for engaging me. Uh, this is not it. We're just going to take a quick sabbatical. Right. right. Uh, so we can come back with some fresh content, fresh That's material. True. That's right. right. Uh, but as, as always, uh, you know, my family and they sacrifice a lot of Saturdays and the baseball and all that good stuff. They know that this is this is part of who I am. Mm -hmm. they, they do know it. Uh, sometimes they run me out of the house because they want to do things like talk, right? right. Not, have the, right. not have the background noise. Uh, but but I am very, very appreciative of you and uh, our time. It's been it's been over three years. Yeah, that's right. Years. And the feeling is same here, Tommy. This is a joy of ours. We both believe in excellence. I'm so glad that God is ordering our footsteps, man, because when I said to you, hey, what about taking a, you know, the summer off? You said, oh, Lord, just <laughs> God, is here, God is hearing our prayers for real. 
And that's not because we don't love what we do each week. And we really do know that it's a miracle that God gives us content insight. But just like that trip that you took to Jamaica, we need to take our own pause and uh, sort of then retool. And you know what my wife said to me that was so powerful? She said, everybody else is that's doing a show. They're not doing the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> they come up with all the concepts, all the content, you know, uh, everything. And that's what you all are doing. And yeah. so we are, are looking forward to uh, the community and others within our, our team to help us to refine this so that we can constantly uh, deliver the best content to anybody that decides to stop in and join us. So I want to say thank you to our community uh, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in a couple months. We probably will have some content that we've had over the, just like every other big time show, yeah. uh, we'll show you some other content over the summer months. We're going to do that and then we'll be uh, glad to join you uh, back in September. Take care, Tommy. I'll be talking to you about golf and other things, man. Yes, sir. Love you, Eric. Love you too, man. <laughs>